and good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Tracy Morgan. So nice to have you with us as always. This is our day with the Butler Health System. So we're going to spend a half hour with Dr. Richard Begg. We've talked to him before. Of course, interventional cardiology with the Butler Health System. We're going to kind of look at a few things. Where, where they are right now, of course, any changes? Where are they with COVID? I know the team is growing. So that's always good news to talk about as well. So we'll do that here in just a moment. First, as always, let me give you the different ways to listen because you do have us on the radio, 680 AM and 107.5 FM. So either one is fine by us or if you would prefer the Alexa powered device, just say Alexa, play WISR 680. That should be enough and we'll come up there for you. And then you can hear us broadcast for the time that we have remaining. You can put an app on your smart devices, whatever device you want, wherever you get your apps, Look for WISR 680, and that would take care of that for you. Listening online, there is that option. So you go to our website, WISR680.com, and then what you're going to do is listening live. There's a whole different button for it. You couldn't miss it. It's right there on the home screen. Just click that. That'll take you to the page where you can listen live. But while you're online, you can also check out where we're going to post this after we're done. So if you have to leave us, you can still listen to this conversation. You again, go onto our website, go to programs, and then drop that down to Let's Talk. That's where you're going to find our conversation today with Dr. Begg and the Butler Health System. All right, so let's get into it. Dr. Richard Begg is with us, of course, Medical Director, Cardiovascular Service Line. Hello, Dr. Begg. How are you? Good morning. I am well. How are you? Good. It feels like yesterday, but it has been almost an entire year since we talked last. So I'm sure there's a lot of changes and a lot of progression going on with with your services and your department at the hospital. So where would we like to start? Do you just kind of want to give us an overview first of, of how you've been over the past year? Sure. Trace, first of all, happy heart month. I mean, I think this has become our, our sort of yearly uh, catch up a little bit. And it's a good time to do it because it's a time when everyone is, is really uh, celebrating, I guess I'm not celebrating, but is aware of the importance of of heart disease both to the individual, to the community, and, and just what a huge impact it has on, on our services uh, as a hospital system. So really what we're, I mean, today, I think what we're here to talk about is, is an update, is sort of State of the Union. How, um, uh, what's going on at Butler? Uh, how are things changes and, and changing? And I think from our previous conversations, you know that we started this process of sort of um, advancing cardiology services here at the health system um, oh, I don't know, about three or four years ago, something like that. And it's sort of been a steady progression and growth, not only in terms of the number of peoples and communities served, but also uh, in terms of the services that we provide. And we've taken, uh, we really made a great effort to bring in some, well, some top-notch talent from locally as well as around the country. And we've been been very proud of some of the accomplishments, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit. So talk a little bit about the changes that you have seen over the past year, even though you've been growing and yes, we'll get into the growth and who's with your team, but what adjustments have you seen because you've been in this department now for a while? Well, I think, you know, I think one of the really, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I think really from a cardiology standpoint, there's no area in medicine that is more dependent on new technologies, uh, almost almost really on a daily or monthly basis, something new is coming, coming out that is an improvement on existing services 
or new services that we never dreamed five years ago that could happen. So our, our commitment was, was really twofold. One was to develop a really good clinical cardiology service here in Butler. But then really almost more importantly, once that was achieved, to, it was to really to grow the program in terms of services offered and technology. And that really, again, is, is twofold. One, there's a huge investment that the hospital has to make in, in accomplishing that. And then second of all, we've got to find the young talent out there that can come in and help us develop some of these programs. So that's kind of really where we've focused over the last three years. And I, um, I think we haven't, we, we, we're not entirely where we want to be yet, but we've certainly taken a quantum leap forward from three or four years ago. When you're saying that you're growing and you're talking about services, can you explain what it means to you when you say services versus technology? Because those are two different things. They are two different things, but they also are wed to one another. They, they go hand in hand. In other words, if you're going to try to take care of a patient uh, with an arrhythmia, with atrial fibrillation, and there's different modalities to take care of that problem, you've got to not only have the people that have the experience to do that, but you've got to have the technology that allows you to do what it takes to, to give these to patients the, really the best care that they can possibly get. So that's kind of where we focus, two prongs, develop the technology and develop the young talent. And we've been very successful. I think we, last time we talked, we probably talked about, um, I, actually, let me just say that we've also done this in two ways. We've, we've brought in some, uh, uh, some older, uh, more experienced, I won't say older, that's terrible, um, some more experienced people who have um, achieved a, a certain amount of success in their field and these are the people that sort of stabilized and guided our programs. And then we decided that now, okay, that's fine. It's like, it's like managing a baseball team, right? We, now we need to start looking at some young people coming out who uh, are really uh, freshly trained out of their, out of their programs and uh, bringing us experience with new technologies and new ideas from, you know, from some of the really top centers in the country. For instance, we've got one young woman who's joined us from Yale. Well, that's, it's a, that's quite an honor to come out for her to come out and join us. But second of all, what she brings to the table is extraordinary in terms of ideas, thoughts, how things are done at a different area of the country, how things are done at an academic center. And we can sort of pick and choose and take the best of all of that and, and, and incorporate it into what we're doing here in Butler. When you get to such a high level of success, what would you, how would you describe what it is that you have to learn over many, many years? I think any of us in any industry that we are focused on, our specialty in life, we can always learn. I don't care if you're in year five or you're 40. I mean, you're always learning and things are developing. Right. But as, as a heart doctor, as a cardiologist, what all do you have to understand in order to get to that top level? Okay, I'm going to answer that. I'm going to change that a little bit. I'm going to say... Not necessarily what we have to learn, because we've all been trained. We all enter medicine, whether it's cardiology or in your field, because we want to take care of people. Um, and and that's, that's where it all begins. But as you go through the process, there's so much pressure, so many different things that you sometimes you sort of forget a little bit about this isn't really about just new technology or, um, or fancy new equipment. This is about taking care of people. So what we have to, we, we've really gone to great lengths um, to make sure that all of our guys and girls are on the same level, and that is 
it's the patient that matters. It, it, and it's not just a patient. It's that person that matters. So we put a great stake in, um, in personalizing and caring and being part of, of these people's lives. Because you, you, you can accuse me of being of exaggerating. The reality is when you've got some people with bad cardiology disease or cardiac disease, you're seeing them every couple of months. You do become part, a small part of their lives, and you better appreciate the honor of doing that. And I think so. I think this is what we constantly get everyone in our team to try to remember. These these are people we care. They care. We're a big part of their lives, and we're going to treat them as such with respect and dignity. Yeah, I was going to say from a patient's point of view, I would assume that you're a huge part of their life because when you're talking about the heart, you're talking about that reality of, uh, well, just a reality check, you know, your morbidity and how long will you live? I think a lot of people think of those things if they have to look at their heart, which we all should look at our heart, but if we're going to have problems, I'm sure there's a lot of fear of how do I continue forward with having a heart problem? Absolutely. In fact, that, that actually is central to a lot of what we do is, you know, as a scientist, which we all are, all our physicians, um, you have a tendency to do exactly what you said, say things like morbidity, mortality, numbers, percentages. No, the answer isn't that. The answer is everyone is different. Every patient is different. And the answer is connecting on a level that gives people the confidence to know, hey, we've got a great medical system and we are going to, we're going to do everything we can um, to, to help you get through, to help you live with this process. And by the way, we're going to be successful at it. Uh, we're going to need your input. You're going to be a participant in your own care. But together, we're going to do a good job and you're going to be fine. How is cardiology set up with the Butler Health System? And what I mean by that is if I go to my PCP and they refer me to a specialist, it's a different doctor. If they have to do surgery, it could be a different doctor. You know, once you're in the hospital, it could be a hospitalist that takes care of you. So are, are you with the patient all the way through from just checkups to a possible emergency? Uh, kind of, but not really. Um, and here's, here's, the, here's the catch here. It, it's really become, in, in terms of medicine, um, access to care is everything, right? So when people have cardiac issues, in the old days, you needed a valve, you had a heart attack, you came in, you got cared for by the specialist, and you went back to your primary care. Um, and that was, those were very uh, finite uh, circumstances. But now what's really happened is we're looking much more at the entire individual. So we're looking at people uh, from a stand lifestyle management standpoint, from the standpoint of, of pharmacology, what they need in medicines, procedures, et cetera. Now, I know that seems a little bit, a little bit sort of um, I'm around the starting around the question. I'm not really, because what that's hap- what happens with that is we now have this huge influx of people that need to be seen. In other words, not just those that had a procedure, did something, but people who were talking about all those things, lifestyle management, et cetera. So instead of having a few people that are, are that need to, to avail of cardiology services, we now have thousands of people. So with that, all of the, the systems, whether it's an academic system downtown or, or, or in California, are facing the problem of Uh, how do we do that? In other words, the old model of you're my doctor, I see you and only you, it just, it just doesn't work a hundred percent anymore because um, of the sheer volume of patients that, that, that we need to be seen. 
So we began to do things like you just sort of pointed out there. We have, we have clinics. We have people who have a certain expertise in one device or another device. So if you needed a, a, an aortic valve, a minimally invasive aortic valve, you're going to go to the valve clinic. Now, I'm still your cardiologist. I will see you and refer you to the valve clinic, and the valve clinic will contact me. I'll sort of be the quarterback of your care, but I don't necessarily walk you to the valve clinic and see you in the valve clinic and then later put in the valve. I don't know if that's making sense to you, but yeah. I think there's, there's so many subspecialties to this now that nobody can be the jack of all trades, nor do you want them to, by the way. And if you have a cardiologist, I do it all. Well, I, my, my eyebrow would, would go up a little bit. But you're still in the mix. Um, you're still in the process. Oh, absolutely. If, yeah. Without question. You're still, you're still the quarterback, right? Right. Um, of the care of that individual patient. But, in terms of what you'd sort of said is, do you see me? Do you see me in the office? Do you see me in the hospital? Do you see me in, in the operating room? The answer to that question is no, you're going to see a team and that, okay. So that brings us back to what we, how we refer to our cardiovascular services at Butler. And that is, is the heart team. Anybody who comes through here will see and hear from nurses of the heart team, heart team. They don't necessarily say Dr. Bag or something like that. It's the heart team because we're all part of that. So yes, you're right. The hospitalists, they're, they're there. They'll be taking care of you. They'll be seeing you on a daily basis. Your cardiologist will also come in. By the way, that cardiologist may not be me because I may be in one of the, somewhere else or doing something. But again, it will all be coordinated care with my input, my knowledge about what's going on with you. Dr. Big, I, I know, of course, the times that we're living, COVID is on the mind of many. Would you mind if I asked you a couple of questions about that? Because especially when we're talking about your quarterback in a sense and, and you're a part of this role and, and there are certain times you see a patient in person and certain times that you'll you'll refer them out. What is the, the role of the heart team now that COVID has been in our lives? Are you still seeing long haulers? Are, are you involved with them in the hospital? Uh, how, how much does COVID affect the heart? Can you talk about that a little bit? COVID affects everything we do in medicine. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Just turn on the TV at any time and you're going to see, you know, all of the, the tragedy, the heartbreak that accompanies um, this, this, this pandemic, this endemic now, I guess. Um, I, I guess the way that we look at this here is maybe slightly different. And that is, it's there. It needs to be dealt with. We're, we're, we're going to do everything we can to, to take the right precautions and prevent the spread and, 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 to, and to prevent you from suffering from, you know, from this terrible, terrible infection. But we're not going to run from it. So we, we here at Butler, you might hear on TV now, certain hospitals closing down um, outpatient services and so forth. We've done that for a short time in the past out of absolute necessity, just didn't have the manpower to be able to do it, but we're doing everything in our power and currently um, are not bending to that. We just realize people need care. We've got to take precautions. It becomes incumbent on us um, to, to do the right thing, to follow the leaders, to follow our, our thought leaders in this. And, and we'll do everything possible to prevent the spread, but we are not we just will not run from it. So I guess what I'm saying to you in sort of a, a catchphrase is the offices are open. We're ready and we're, we will, we're going to take care of people. You're not going to be turned away. Um, yes, there's inconveniences, you know, yes, the masking, all the policies that are out there, but Hey, that's what we're dealing with. 
Um, and you know, we're, that's what we're going to do. I mean, we're, we're, we're open for business and we, as, unless we absolutely get stuck, um, we'll not be cutting down or, or, or limiting our cardiovascular services, whether it's outpatient testing, offices, hospital, anything else, the Butler Heart team is open and ready to go. Are you seeing any heart issues stemming from COVID or vice versa? Did COVID cause any heart issues in patients that you're seeing? Don't know. <laughs> How's that for a lousy answer? <laughs> um, the, the reality of this is on a daily basis, we see a ton of people coming through the offices um, that are concerned about the effect that COVID may have had on their heart or actually almost this equal number of patients concerned about um, a symptom they may have because they got the vaccine and they didn't have it before the vaccine. The answer is the verdict is out. I mean, you can listen to any of the, 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 the radio stations out there or any of the, the general media out there. And, and I always sort of smile when I watch it, which is very rare, by the way, when I watch some of these things, because I think they all have the answers, right? But if you turn the channel, it's a totally different answer. And so the reality of this is, the honest thing is, we don't know. We don't know the, the outcome of long COVID. We don't know uh, whether COVID can cause you know, tachycardia or problems in the heart. What we do know is what we see, and, and some of that is not easy to, to pin down. In other words, you, if somebody comes in and says, oh, my heart races, well, is that COVID? I, I, you know, I don't know. We don't know that. Um, is it anxiety associated with COVID? We don't know. Is it the vaccine? We don't really know. What we do know is we got to check it, make sure your heart's okay, and then say, okay, let's, let's, to the best of our ability, let's ride this out and watch. So the answer is yes, we've seen lots of different COVID, potential COVID and COVID vax manif manifestations in this, um, and, but we simply don't know the outcome. So what do we know about COVID from a cardiovascular standpoint? One, and, and please, I'm going to stay away from the politics too much, but we know, one, you should be vaccinated, right? It, cuts, it simply cuts down on your chance of, of dying from COVID. That, that's it. So it doesn't, does it help the spread? Does, you know, does the vaccination have complications? Yes, all those things are absolutely potentially true. We don't know for sure. One thing we do know is if you're vaxxed, you don't die from COVID very often. Well, Dr. Begg, if you already have a heart condition, a heart issue, are you already immunocompromised? Should you get a vaccine at that? Well, I say get a vaccine at that point. It's been for quite a few months now that we've had the opportunity to get a vaccine. But if somebody has a heart condition and they have not yet made that step, are they immunocompromised? They're not immunocompromised in, in the sense of, uh, no, they're not immunocompromised. They, are, they come in a higher risk population. If they get COVID, they are going to do worse than someone who doesn't have heart disease. But it's not through necessarily being immunocompromised. It's being the fact that your heart, that your body is, is, is not 100% as it is. So if you get sick, it's going to affect you more. So, but the answer is, um, unless you have some of the very specific um, contraindications to vaccination, I'll stick to the same thing that I just said. Yes, our recommendation is that you get vaccinated. Yes you're going to have less of a chance of dying from COVID, if you, even if you have heart disease. In fact, that's probably a population that will say you even more so should get vaccinated. Dr. Richard Begg with us, the medical director of cardiovascular service line at the Butler 
Health System at the Butler Hospital. Interventional cardiology is his focus, of course. Let me switch this again before I run out of time with you, Dr. Begg. Um, I do want to mention the award that uh, the department has gotten, but also I want you to go over some of the the -the state-of-the-art imaging equipment. What's new with the hospital in the way of technology? Okay. Um, well, let's, let's answer the first one, the first question. And that was talking about the platinum award. We talked about it last year. It is a nationwide award. It's a somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 hospitals across the country. It's, it's, it's run by the American college of cardiology where they collect all of the data on the treatment of patients with heart attacks. And it's very comprehensive, very time consuming. And they come up with an analysis at the end of all the hospitals that are participating in this. And then they simply say, well, what is the standard of care? And then where do you fall in that spectrum? Well, the, the highest award you can win is called the Platinum Performance Achievement Award. Um, and that puts you really in about the top 90 or top 10% of the, the hospitals in the country for the, for the metrics. In other words, for, for doing the things that give people, that, that, that optimize their care. Um, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for the hospital participating. It's expensive. It requires a huge amount. It's a labor of love. And at the end of the day, it's a labor of love that you may get nothing out of because they may come back and go, oh, geez, you're not doing so great. Well, you know, that's, that's the gamble you take, but then you use that to move forward. Well, we've been lucky over the last few years to be one of the few centers really in Pennsylvania um, that um, have continued to win this award. And that is to say, we're doing the right thing. Um, and we're very, very, very proud of that award. And I think it's, you know, in, in our, in our world we live in now, everything's always the best hundred best top this top that this is the real deal award. I mean, this is not some advertisement. This is the American college of cardiology, um, that you need to vote. You need to agree to participate in. And this is our highest governing body saying, this is where you stand. So Butler Health System and the heart team are extraordinarily proud of the fact that we've been able to, to achieve that, achieve it and maintain it because every year is a new challenge. And uh, yeah, we're real, so we're very proud of it. Well, let's move on to the technology then. You've already talked about the services and your team that you have with us and the award, but that all comes together with the technology that you have at the hospital. What is it that you have? What's, what's on the horizon? Well, we've talked, boy, that the, the last year and a half have been exciting and, and, and um, well, re- really interesting times here. Uh, it's almost to the point where, you know, that, that every month something new is coming up. And we've talked a little bit about the past, in the past about our electrophysiology services. These are the rhythm doctors, right? These are the ones that deal with, with irregularities in your heartbeat, some of which can be malignant and life-threatening, some of which are sort of inconvenient but important. Um, but the bottom line is it's a huge area of need out there because many, many people suffer with things like atrial fibrillation, which you hear on TV all the time now, SVT. What we talked about a little bit before was we said, okay, that's the disease process. Now we got the doctors and the doctors may know what to do, but can we do it? Or do we have to send you somewhere else to have some of these specialty services? And the answer to that question is we've committed here in Butler to say, no, we want to offer every service at the same level or higher than any of the larger centers in the region. So to be more specific about what you, what your question is, we talked about minimally invasive aortic valve replacement. Remember the old days, that was a big deal to get your valve replaced. By the way, a very common condition as you get older. 
Um, it was open heart surgery. It was a six week recovery at minimum. It was a big deal. We now do it through a catheter in the leg. It's minimally invasive, no surgical incision. And in fact, you get your valve replaced uh, on Tuesday and you go home on Wednesday, assuming everything is good. Not to say that there aren't complications at times, but assuming the procedure goes as planned, you're in and out of the hospital very, very quickly with this and really on the road to recovery within a week or two. That's exciting. That's fundamental change in the aortic valve disease, one of the more common conditions out there. They, another example is, is the treatment of atrial fibrillation. We know that what's the problem with AFib? The problem with AFib is potential for a stroke, period. Um, the disease, the arrhythmia itself doesn't damage the, well, it can, but not usually. The problem isn't usually what damage it does to the heart. The problem is the potential for people having a stroke. So they need to be put on blood thinners. This all sounds fine and good. It's what we've done for 30 years, um, and we pretty much know, you know the, the natural history of that. But guess what? The problem is blood thinners carry risks, right? Especially as you get older, whether you have bleeding from the bowels, hemorrhoidal bleeding, nosebleeds, uh, all sorts of different ble- anemia. Anything that requires potential transfusions these because of blood loss, these blood thinners that work so well to prevent stroke, they also aggravate all of those conditions. And sometimes it's not possible to stay on them. And other times it's just completely uncomfortable to stay on them. So we have a new device called the watch band. Um, it's, uh, the big term is left atrial appendage occlusion device because we know where these blood clots originate in the heart. And we can take a little plug, put it again through a catheter, through the leg, put a little plug in there. And after a certain amount of time, can stop your blood thinners. And that certain amount of time is usually about 40 days. And then you never have to be on blood thinners again. So basically by putting a plug in the heart, you, um, you alleviate the necessity of being on long-term blood thinners and the risks that that carries. It's not a procedure for everybody. And nobody wants to have a procedure if you don't need to have a procedure. But for those that have difficulties with blood thinners, yes, the answer is, um, the answer is we've got the capability of doing that. And again, a huge number of, of um, a huge number of patients could avail themselves of this. Now, the other issue is we start talking about things like pacemakers. And we've talked in the past, I know in the last year and a half, we've added the leadless pacemaker for certain people, which is, it, it really negates the need to have these wires and, and, um, and the actual pacemaker the pocket in, in under the, the clavicle or under the collarbone. It's just a really nice new procedure. Um, we can talk about hybrid interventions for atrial fibrillation, where we do a min- minimally invasive surgical procedure, which can cure long-term atrial fibrillation. Not always, but it can. And that's another service that we're really one of the only centers to offer in the area. Um, in any any significant way. Finally, in the cath lab itself, what about the people that we're really talking about here too is those with heart attacks. Um, we've got all sorts of new technologies going on in the cath lab. We've, we've got the ability, something called a shockwave balloon, where people have really hard calcified arteries. We can't get them open with a normal stent or a normal balloon. We pass a little device down through the artery and it, and it, and it emits this ultrasound that, that, that weakens the plaque and now allows us to go in with our traditional equipment and open it. That's something that we've, that is again, brand new technology in medicine. And we have just, well, we have this week actually have just um, re- received uh, our approval and uh, to, to start this program here. And um, we talk about 
Um, there's a different sort of a measurement because one of the questions in heart disease always is when you're looking at the coronary arteries is, is that really a significant blockage or not? It's kind of like right on the edge. Don't know. Well, there's new ways to measure that now that we do it again during the catheterization. We can actually measure the flow down the artery. Huge, huge expenditure uh, and very tough technology. And the hospital has approved that in the last several months. And we will be, we will have access to, again, um, a, a, a tool that is really at very few places around the country, around the uh, area, with the exception of the major universities. So that's a really, really exciting um, thing. And then finally, we're starting, we're starting to talk about, well, what do we do with the sickest of the sick? The guys in their moment of, of worst moment of their lives come in with a cardiac arrest and they're, you know, they, they need all sorts of new technologies. And we bring them in and we, we're in the process of developing what's called a shock team here where it'll involve the surgical teams, it'll involve perfusionists and nursing and cardiologists, that people will be able to come in, get triaged very, very quickly to the cath lab and get all the high-end technologies like hemodynamic, what we call hemodynamic support, something called ECMO, something called Impella. Not important other than to say those two devices now take over this, the work of the heart for a while and they let the heart rest while we work on it. These are, these are fundamental changes in in our capabilities here. Uh, and whereas before you had to be transferred out, there was that delay, there was that possibility that you wouldn't survive that transfer. We're gonna be doing it here at, at Butler. And again, uh, part of our process of developing a top cardiovascular program. The Butler Health System Heart Team with 15 cardiologists, three electrophysiologists, and three surgeons on this team. Dr. Richard Begg, of course, the medical director of this team. A fantastic team, great services, great technology with the Butler Health System. If you'd like to call the cardiology office, here's the phone number. It's 866-620-6761. Or, of course, you can find that online if you're looking at the Butler Health System. A lot of different offices. In this immediate area, you're going to go to the Crossroad campus. You have Elwood City, Seneca, Seven Fields, Slippery Rock as well. If you need to travel to Clarion, of course, there's a an office there in Indiana as well. Dr. Richard Begg, it is always nice to talk to you. You. Thank you so much for your time, and we always look forward to talking to you and hearing about the growth of the Butler Health System. Tracy, cheers. Thank you very much, and uh, let's hope 22 is a better year. Fabulous. And folks, thank you very much for joining us. If you would like to listen to this again, go to the website, wisr680.com. You're going to pick programs, Let's Talk, and then look for the Butler Health System. For Let's Talk, I'm Tracy Morgan.